This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many of the New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com sword. That's audiblepodcast.com sword. And by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code SWORD12. episode number 154 i'm veronica belmont and i'm tom Merritt. hey remember the other uh, episode when you said i'm unemployed this is my main job now yeah me too what <laughs> oh. at least for a while <laughs> but you've got other stuff up your sleeve so do you yeah it is bbc america doctor who host i think we talked about that in the last episode didn't we i we did. that had already happened yeah yeah anyway this is this is apparently now both of our main job, and this is the <laughs> podcast where we talk about the latest in science fiction and fantasy news, discuss the book of the month, or books in this case, and of course talk about what you guys are discussing over on Goodreads.com. I'm definitely uh, ready for what are we drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking, Tom? I am having a Kilbegan Irish whiskey with bitters and a brandied cherry. Ooh, that sounds fancy. It's not that fancy. I just kind of threw it together. Nice. Um, it probably has a name, but I don't know what that name would be. And it was a birthday present from my friends Colleen and Darren a few years ago, the whiskey itself. It's really oh, good. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I am drinking a hot toddy. So I'm also drinking, uh, oh, well, I'm drinking you. rye, actually, in my hot toddy today. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's a hot toddy with a spoonful of uh, honey, local honey, mm-hmm. also a little bit of lemon, as you mm-hmm. would put in a hot toddy. Um, I'm actually using chai tea as opposed to a traditional like black tea or English breakfast tea. Okay. And um, then finally, a uh, an ounce of uh, bullet Rye ah, whiskey. Bullet rye is great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, it's the, it's, remember when we all used to drink wine all the time? I know. It's hard we, times. We've I actually did an to the interview for, for a whiskey uh, website today. Um, so I'll, 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 I'll tell you guys about that when that goes live. It kind of gives a background to my interest in, in whiskey and rye and bourbon and all things delicious. I do love a good whiskey, I have to say. Of all, of scotch, bourbon, uh, Irish, I'm not prejudiced. I don't. I don't think one is worse than the other. There's Kentucky good ones at all. versus Tennessee. No, no. Canadian. Sour mash versus no. It's all good. It's all good. Even Canadian. Yeah. I like them all. Even well, Canadian. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Canada. That was, that sounded like a backhanded. <laughs> I mean, especially Canadian. I mean, Canadian whiskey got the United States through prohibition. So thank there you, you for that. Thank you for that. And uh, another announcement before we get started with the quick burns. Um, we are now part of the Boing Boing Podcast Network. We may have discussed this on last week's we show. We did. We did. Um, but yep. we just want to make sure you guys know it is official. We are still parts, uh, part of the Frog Pants Studio family. 
Yes. We are just distributed on the Boing Boing Podcast Network. So big thanks to Mark Frauenfelder and all the folks over at Boing Boing for welcoming us into their loving jackhammering happy mutant arms we're happy to be here absolutely and um, also you can now find our podcast over on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash sword and laser um, so if you like soundcloud you like making comments on the audio files over there oh yeah you can right do so yeah and we'll put uh, I embed the audio files in the uh, blog post over at sword and laser.com um, so you can leave little comments on the actual audio file now in, in, in sections that you like I think that's neat more, it's more like places the better I'm all for it Absolutely. But let's uh, start off the show for reals with the quick burns. Congratulations to Samuel R. Delaney, the 2013 Damon Knight Memorial Grand Master recipient, according to SF Signal. The Damon Knight Memorial Grand Master is given by the SW SFWA for lifetime achievement in science fiction and fantasy. And Delaney certainly is a lifetime achiever in the genre. Uh, he's been a professor of English and creative writing at Temple University, uh, but also has won four Nebula Awards and two Hugo Awards over the course of his career. And I can't think of Delaney now after reading Among Others by Joe Walton without mm-hmm. hearing uh, the voice of Catherine Kelgren in my head saying, Delaney. Over Delaney. Over. Yeah. Yes. Other other uh, past recipients include Isaac Asimov, Alfred Bester, uh, Harlan Ellison, Ursula K. Le Guin, and Connie Willis, and of course, Gene Wolfe. Yeah, it's, uh, it's heady, heady company. And Delaney, I'm, you know, Kind, I'm like, why he wasn't there already? Of course, of course, he belongs uh, up there. So, congratulations to Samuel Delaney. Well, it'd be fun if we could grab an interview with him at the Nebula Awards um, in May, um, because we went last year, or I went last year. You didn't go, but Josh and I went. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's where we I got like our interview go with Gene Wolf, actually, um, among many others. So that would be that would be a fun get. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of the Hugos, <laughs> I was I, you know, when we signed up to be voting members um i got on the mailing list and so i got the big pamphlet for lone star con oh yeah me too that big booklet and i guess i had kind of forgotten what it was for and so i'm flipping through flipping through and i see all like the voting members and i'm looking and all of a sudden my eyes like snapped to my own name i was like what why Uh, is my name in this magazine you you found your your name in there that's (laughs) great it was just like on the first page it Uh must have been like alphabetical by last name or something and i was like that that's me. And then I actually go, Ryan was, Ryan was with me. And I go, I guess it could be another Veronica Belmont. And he goes, really? Really? <laughs> you found your name in a science fiction fantasy magazine. And you figure, oh, it's probably another Veronica Belmont. It's probably the other science fiction and fantasy oriented Veronica Belmont. Could happen. Could, could happen. happen. Could, could be happen. a clone. Yeah. Could be an uh, alternate timeline. There's all kinds of reasons. All sorts of reasons. So that that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> hey, are you looking forward to some more George R. R. Martin? Um, yeah. Because there's there's new George R. R. Martins out. Oh, is it is it part of the Song and Ice and Fire series? Yeah, you're you're not, you you know better. It's not it's not the next <laughs> book in the Song and Ice and Fire, of course. Uh, Dangerous Women, which we've been mentioning on the calendar segment, mm-hmm. uh, is a is an anthology edited uh, by Martin and and <laughs> Dezoy. Because that's why we know we've been talking about it because we're trying to remember how to pronounce his name. Anyway, he's got a story in there called The Princess and the Queen or The Blacks and the Greens, which takes place in the ancient history of Westeros. It, so it is, it is in the West Westerosi yes. history. Yeah, it's part of that world. It starts with King Viserys I dying and leaving his daughter Rhaenyra. Viserys. As- Viserys. Viserys? Okay, Viserys. Viserys. Like, like Viserys Targaryen. Well, it's alternate day. Uh, well, King Viserys. The, the, pronunci- the, pronunci- the pronunciation changed. 
Uh, maybe. I was maybe speaking old Westerosi, of course. <laughs> um, his daughter, Rhaenyra, uh, is the chosen heir, but the widow, Queen Allison, wants Aegon to take the throne instead on the grounds that only men can sit the Iron Throne. So there are Baratheons, uh, there are Freys, there are Starks, but they're not the ones you know. And they act differently, but it's still Westeros. It's still politics. Gotcha. Um, hey, so as you guys know, we are doing an anthology, the Sword and Laser anthology, and we had a Kickstarter for that anthology. Uh, Paul and Storm. We didn't. We had a Kickstarter shows. for our video show. Oh, you're right. We had a Kickstarter for our video show. Yeah. Not the anthology. But the anthology was one of the rewards that encouraged people to back us. That is true. Um, Paul and Storm are doing a Kickstarter, and they've got 70 hours to go, though I don't feel bad for them because of their $25,000 goal, they have already raised $82,000. Oh my so God. I was going to promote this, bigger every time. and now I just don't feel like it. Well, Paul and Storm, if you don't <laughs> know, great joking. musicians. Uh, we love them. They're funny. They're they're talented. Uh, they did the song, George R. R. Martin, Please Write and Write Faster. They had that amazing, uh, epic meeting of George R. R. Martin and mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman on stage at their, their Wootstock show at Comic-Con this year. Uh, and I was, I was 100% behind them myself, Veronica, until they decided that one of their stretch goals would be to do a freaking anthology. Yeah, with like really great authors like James S.A. Corey, Lev Grossman, uh, Patrick Rothfuss, John Scalzi, Scott Sigler, and many more. With an amazing name, the Paul and Stormonamonicon. Yeah. Whatever. And then they're having illustrations by Scott Johnson, you know, the guy who did our <laughs> album Never. art and also our posters, Bill Amend from Foxtrot and Led Peralta, of course, the king of Kickstarter things, Will Wheaton, yeah. who I didn't know was an illustrator, and now I'm learning. Well, now you know. <laughs> and um, illustrations by Neil Gaiman also didn't li- know. Listen, folks, there's only uh, 70 hours left as we record this, so just less than three days. If you feel it's necessary to somehow promote an amazing collaboration anthology to be out there in the universe, spearheaded by two talented musicians who are hilarious and deserve your love and attention, uh, that's fine. Go back it. But I, I already did. It's too I late didn't. To pull my no, no, I did. I backed five dollars. <laughs> I gave five dollars. <laughs> you just throw it on the ground. Be like, there you go. If you want it, money. pick it up. Enjoy your anthology. No, we're just kidding. Uh, We love Paul and Storm, (laughs) and uh, we're only slightly jealous that they have an amazing anthology, too. Um, Ours is good. Ours is true, man. Ours roots, sword and laser. Ours is all new authors or new and -and up-and-coming authors. We're we're giving authors a chance. We don't need the same old tired authors. Oh, I went there. (laughs) No, it's going to be really fun. So uh, check it out, kickstarter.com. Look for big launch for Paul and Storm's new album, Ball Pit. In fact, if you search Ball Pit, you'll probably find it. Awesome. Um, checking out a survey over on theguardian.com uh, about how 16 to 24-year-olds are known to, you know, to typically be very connected, to be obsessed with you know, reading things on their iPads and their eBooks and, and the what have you. Um, but actually, they prefer paper books. Yeah, the Mitchell, uh, I'm sorry, the Voxburner Agency uh, did a survey of 1,420 adults Mm -hmm. uh, between 16 to 24 years old. Uh, They did it online between September 25th and October 18th. Half the respondents were sourced through a student money-saving site and the other half through a broader panel. Try to make it statistically significant. But yeah, uh, most of the teens preferred physical books. And the reasons they gave were, I like the smell, I want full bookshelves, I collect 
I love the um, I collect because that is actually one of the reasons that I always kept my paperbacks and always did stuff like that because I wanted to have like a big giant collection of stuff. And um, now that's harder that I actually live on my own and, heavy. <laughs> and have a limited amount of space for such things um, and travel a lot and want to keep them in a digital format. Um, but it's really nice. I think, you know, people are very concerned that books you know, physical books are going to go, you know, fall to the wayside and that, you know, kids don't yeah. care about books. They just want to read things on the internet. No, it's and not true. Apparently that is not true. And I think that's really wonderful. 51% uh, said the reason they preferred physical to digital products were I like to hold the product. Uh, there, there were also reasons of I'm not restricted. I can easily share it. I can sell it when used. So very nice. hope for our future. <laughs> Hey, there's another anthology coming out uh, called The Apocalypse Triptych, edited by John Joseph Adams and Wool author Hugh Howie. SF Signal has the information. The website is up, The Apocalypse Triptych at uh, johnjosephadams.com slash apocalypse-triptych. It's got lots of great content like the table of contents, the contributor bios, etc. And among the great authors that are in here like Paolo Bacigalupi, Shauna McGuire, Ben H. Winters, Elizabeth Barrick, there's Scott Sigler. He's everywhere. <laughs> Uh, Why Robin, does he have the time? It's amazing. Robin Wasserman and many more. Hugh Howey is going to write a short story set in the Wool universe in each one of the three anthologies. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know if you mentioned it. I, I don't think you did, but I no, love I the way did. these are laid out, which is that the first one is The End is Nigh, and those are all pre-apocalyptic stories. The second book is The End is Now, which are apocalyptic stories. And the third one, The End has Come, which is post-apocalyptic stories. So I'm most excited about reading the Hugh Howie ones in the end is nigh and the end is now because we kind of been in the end has come not that I don't want to read another one there right totally so you get to see like the before things start going down in the silence yeah. kind of stuff so that's that's actually I, I feel like it would be a a good companion piece to those to yeah those it's like the farmer who's who's like well what's the silo you're building out here I'm sure <laughs> he's got a better smart. idea than that. why would you put the silo beneath the ground <laughs> well that just don't make any gold or sense <laughs> that's that's Tom that's that's that makes farmers sound bad no, I. The farmer would be able to figure it out. I think. Actually, yeah, the farmers I know would be like. Actually, that's very space saving, very efficient. Uh, well done, good job. Yeah, also, like it leaves a lot of arable land up here for me. There you to go. Continue to make use of. So. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's awesome. I, I think I would love to pick those up. A lot of good stuff coming up. I'm excited. Um, but in the meantime, we should thank one of our sponsors. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many of the New York Times bestsellers. Um, for listeners of this show, Audible is going to offer a free book of your choice so you can try out the service. And now, of course, because it is December and we are starting a brand new book pick, I would definitely recommend that you guys pick up A Natural History of Dragons by uh, Marie Brennan, and it's read by Kate. Kate Redding, and um, it's it's a really wonderful audiobook. I mean, I love pretty much everything Kate Redding does, but it her voice really suits the character of oh, Lady Trent. So well, yes, um, I, so it a puts a listen. smile on my face just hearing uh, her read this every day. Uh, mm. It's absolutely fantastic. So do go to audiblepodcast.com slash sword and get a free audiobook of your choice. It can be a Natural History of Dragons that that suits our pick this month, or it could be any other one that you want. Audiblepodcast.com slash sword. 
All right. Well, let's move on to the calendar. Um, not a lot of stuff going on right now because it is the holiday season and there's just not a lot of book releases. We have three. Uh, this is what she's trying to tell you. <laughs> so not a lot. We did tell you a lot about upcoming stuff in the Quick Burns. So hopefully you can get some of that stuff when it comes out. Um, but December 10th, we have the Year's Best Sci-Fi 13 by David G. Hartwell. That's Year's Best SF 13 by David uh, G. Hartwell. December 17th, When It's a Jar by Tom Holt. And then December 24th, Christmas Eve, we have Strikers by K.M. Ruiz. Let's we'll give you a sneak peek to December 26th. We'll have another show before then, but Control by Lydia Kang's coming out then. Fantastic. So yeah, yeah. Not, not a whole lot going on, um, unfortunately. No. But hey, hopefully you got all your shopping done already. <laughs> yes, for, for sure, for true. How's your shopping going? You know, I'm uh, doing it little by little. I've mm-hmm. I've bought my mom, I've bought uh, my brother, and I've still got everybody else left. All right. Well, I am mostly done. Um, oh wait, I bought yours too. Yeah, you got me a Misto box. <laughs> I'm excited for coffee. Um, although Ryan was like, "We don't need any more subscription services." So don't sign up. Because I Just get take the free box, coffee, and I get Birch box. And oh yeah, Eileen takes gets all that stuff. And too. I get stitch. You get fix. julep. I don't get julep, but I want julep. <laughs> I'm gonna buy that for myself for Christmas because I, I only do I do Tonks, which is uh, they roast the coffee and send it to you, and then I do Misto Box, which gets other roasters and then they send it to you. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of good options for subscription services. None of those ones are sponsors, though. So still, we like them anyway. Um, over in TV, movies, and video games, uh, Shannara. Of course, everyone's favorite series by Terry Brooks will potentially become a television show on a somewhat unexpected network, that network being MTV. <laughs> Yo, MTV rocks. But uh, it's cool because it sounds like John Favreau is 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 fueling this adaptation and may even be um, a director on the project, at least for the first episode. So that's that's a lot of big names attached to it. Yeah, the Word Zone has the details. Uh, Smallville showrunners Al Goff and Miles Millar. I don't know if I'm saying Goff. I'm saying it the way we say it for San Francisco streets. But mm-hmm. um, they will be the running the show on a week-by-week basis. Uh, so if you like Smallville, you might like this. Uh, definitely not going to be a Game of Thrones type of feel, though, if they're running it. I wouldn't think. <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, and Who's they're going to, to they're going to base it on the Elf Stones of, Sh- of Shannara. Not the oh, right. I not the wrong. first right. book. Terry Brooks even told me how to say it, and I still say it wrong. Uh, a lot of people feel that the Sword of Shannara is very too Tolkien similar, which we mm-hmm. talked about with him when we had him on the video show. Uh, so they're just going to sounds like they're just going to avoid that controversy and start with the Elfstones. Yeah, wow. There's there's a little bit of discussion over here on the Wart Zone about who is actually the highest-selling unadapted fantasy book series Oh, yeah, no, I saw all that stuff uh, in there. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, You know, these aren't necessarily TV and movie-specific stories, but with The Hobbit coming out this month, uh, I figured we'd, we'd talk about them down here. There's, it's actually just one story. This climate scientist named Dan Lunt has created a climate model for Middle Earth based on the geography outlined by Tolkien, and it fits... I mean, he's using like real sophisticated climate models that we use to model the Earth's climate. And he just mm-hmm. put in the board, the map with Mordor and the Shire and the ocean and everything. And he's like, yeah, Mordor, pretty dry, pretty awful, kind of like L.A. <laughs> I can't. Where are you clicking through to this? Because I can't seem to see this map anywhere on any of these links. I keep clicking through and I keep not. Well, there's a map on the IO9. Uh, 
there's there's a little outs outs of, of, of io9 but if you click on in, in the boing boing story from maggie maggie kurth baker has a link to the guardian story right I can't. and it doesn't it doesn't have the map but it talks about uh, in the Guardian story, all of the different, according to Lunt's analysis, the climate around Mount Doom is like L.A., mm-hmm. hot mm-hmm. with the volcanic ash creating a similar effect to L.A.'s infamous smog. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, Shri- the Shire, more like Lincolnshire or Leicestershire in the U.K. <laughs> that makes sense, even based on descriptions. And- uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to mention the Ionine uh, story also uh, points out that he put this paper out describing all of this research in English, Elvish, and dwarvish. See, this is why I had trouble finding it. I didn't realize the second link was about that still. I thought this was just about a scientific paper released in same, Elvish and same, Dwarvish. Same one, yeah. Okay, same same story. Gotcha. Similar stories. Very cool. God, that is turbo nerdy. It is. That and, is amazing. It's like turbo nerdy on so many different planes too, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's the Tolkien plane and then there's the like nerding out of alternate reality plane and then there's just the like the whole climatology plane that's not even related to science fiction and fantasy the weather nerd plane the weather nerd plane um hey if you are an ebay fan guess what you may be able to purchase the original ballantine book cover art the concept art by barbara remington really yes right now it is um it is priced at a buy it now price of twenty five thousand pounds Twenty five thousand pounds. Your pounds. Or pounds. Twenty five thousand of your pounds, British people. That's fifty thousand dollars to you and me. I don't know. Actually, it's more like thirty five, forty thousand. It's a lot of money, though. Still, it's but um, more money than I'm going to spend on eBay. Absolutely, and and some or of the funny, eBay, frankly, <laughs> some of the questions you may have are: Why are there emus on the cover? What are all these creatures? Why, Why what do are they there have to emus do? on the cover? That sounds like a question John or uh, J.R.R. Tolkien might have asked. Exactly. Like, what does this have to do with the story at all? But it is very cool. Um, no, these are these are the iconic. Uh, I think they're the paperback covers, right? Um, and it's the print. It's the prints have been available for a long time. It's not the prints. This is the original art. This is the original. Yeah, so this it's is worth, the original it's concept worth art. Um, but there's like frogs and emus and some lizards and I think oh, there's like the dragon makes sense coming out of the mountain. But I think they said there was a lion in there, too, somewhere. But I don't see the lion when I'm looking at this. Yeah, according to Mark Derry's story on Boing Boing, uh, when Tolkien saw the first art, he was like, what has it got to do with the story? Right. <laughs> and she's like, it doesn't. It's just, you know, it's art. It's just pretty. It's just I like it. Yeah. I just wanted it that way. I don't really I care can't. if it meets with the story at all. <laughs> so. But that's the difference between painters and drawers and artists and writers. Well, I'm sure Barbara Remington does not talk like Lumpy Space Princess the way that I was just talking. No, mostly not. Yeah. From what I've, from the few conversations that I've never had with her. <laughs> the few conversations I've never had with her. Um, but hey, do you want to take a moment to thank our other sponsor? Yeah, I would because Squarespace likely going to save my bacon again. Uh, I've used them a couple of times now uh, to start a website. Uh, you might need to start a website. Maybe you have a small business. Maybe you know somebody who has a small business. Maybe you're just like, I'm an artist. I'm one of those people you just said sounds like a lumpy space princess and I need to sell my art on a website. Well, or maybe you just need a gallery. Squarespace.com is the place to do it. I've done TomMerrittBooks.com on there for my books. We do Sword and Laser on there. There's a little website you might have visited once or twice. It's Mm -hmm. SwordAndLaser.com. 
And what's great about Squarespace is it's really easy to set up. They have beautiful templates, award-winning designs in there that you can use. And then you just customize them. You can change the colors around, move a few things around. It's pretty easy. And then once you've got it up, it looks gorgeous. It looks like you had a professional designer do it because a professional designer did do it. And then it's, it's easy to publish. You just put your stuff in. You're on your way. They have a mobile-ready design so that if people are on a phone, it doesn't look weird. It's not all small. It actually Mm -hmm. looks like it was made for the phone and for the tablet and for the desktop. It adapts. It adapts to whatever screen it's on. And it's commerce-ready. So if you're one of those artists or musicians or anything, you can start a store, whether it's digital or physical goods. Start a trial with no credit card required. Start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, Use this offer code and none other, SWORD12, to get 10% off and to show your support for Sword and Laser. Because otherwise you're not showing your support for Sword and Laser. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right. Yes, I made a new website for my mother this week on Squarespace. And uh, yeah, it worked. I might be needing more websites soon. There you go. Done. Just might. I'm in. Hey, so even though it is kind of late in the month being the 10th, um, this is our official kickoff episode for A Natural History of Dragons, a memoir by Lady Trent, but actually by Marie Brennan, um, who we are actually going to have on the show this month as well. Um, Is she coming on for the wrap-up episode then? Or are we just doing a separate interview and then wrapping up? We're not going to make it all awkward. No. Yeah, she won't be on for the wrap-up episode. It'll okay. be a separate interview. Um, but I'm very excited to have her on the show. Um, it's not because we don't like her book either. Actually, no, I love the book. book. Uh, it's just – and not that we didn't have a great time having Anne Leckie on the wrap-up episode. I guess the schedule just works out that way. Yeah, yeah, especially because it's the holidays and, mm-hmm. and uh, the next two episodes fall on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Um, so it's easier to just do uh, record some things in advance. But anyway, I digress. Um, so Natural History of Dragons is our main pick book, and it really takes place in... So it's a memoir. So it's the story of Il- Isabella, and who later goes on to be Lady Trent. And it's it's told in... Lady Trent's voice really looking back on some of her adventures and she is a naturalist you know she has this fascination with animals and with their biology and the way they're put together ever since she was a little girl very much a tomboy um, which is something that I kind of heavily related to I'm finished the book by the way (laughs) I finished it like a week wow you burned through that it's not even the 10th I am done with all the book picks for sword and laser and vaginal fantasy already I just, I don't know what happened. I just. You're, it's, it's the 10,000 hours principle. You've I been doing so. these two shows long enough that you're, you're just like, I can read something and nothing flat. You're turning into Patrick Norton. I guess so. I guess that is what is happening. <laughs> um, but it's a fascinating story. And, and dragons play a major part, but they're not. It, it's not the kind of fantastical world that you would typically expect a dragon to be part of. It's really more like Victorian era England. And it's very alternate universe kind of deal so it takes place in skirland which is much like england and then kind of um i would say like kind of like um trying to think of vistrana what vistrana yeah like like feels like it's it's at least russia if not some kind of northern slavic country yeah right it feels it definitely feels like that um that's the best way i can describe it and kind of their journey from 
from those two between those two places kind of learning about dragons uh, learning about their biology and then it, it kind of goes into a little bit of a thriller mystery mode yeah. towards the end um but i've been reading a lot of the responses on the forums and i'm pretty impressed by how how a little bit worried people were going into this one and by how quickly their minds have changed about it and, and kind of gone like, wow, I wasn't expecting to like this, but I really like this. I so was, if you're, if you're uh, in the camp of being like, I don't know if this is for me, uh-huh. even if you don't really like fantasy, if you're more of a sci-fi reader, I've seen a lot of people come around. So give maybe it a just shot. give it a shot. I was expecting to like it uh, because I had a misapprehension of what it was going to be like. When we had this on the calendar, when it came back in, out back in February, I remember we always like made little jokes about the fact that it was the memoirs by Lady Trent by Marie Brennan. Uh, and I thought it was going to be more of a natural history, more of a, a kind of an alt history look at something. Not at all, uh, but I am loving it. And little known – I don't think I've put this out there all that often. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the Victorian romance when I was in like junior high. Like I did all my book reports on Jane Austen and Dickens and all that stuff. Uh, And so this just hits right at the heart of the Emily Bronte loving seventh grader in me. And that's pretty adorable. I, and I just love it. I'm just like the, the scene where uh, he proposes to her early on. Spoilers. I'm not saying who proposes to who there's a proposal. That's all. all Uh, I just, I, I love, I absolutely adored it. It was just, it was just fabulous. I had a smile plastered on my face the Aww, whole time. Oh, Tom, that's um, cute. And then dragons. And dragons. And, and then, an, and then an alternate history with a, with an, with an alternate ancient history. And I'm, I'm not that far in as you, uh, cause I'm not done, but there's hints of much more to come in the sequels, which are coming out next year. Yeah. I'm excited about that. It's planned to. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> I got a hiccup from my uh, hot toddy. Um, <laughs> there is a, a plan to be a, a five book series. Um, so some people were wondering if it was a trilogy or how many books were going to be in the series. Um, it's planned five right now. In fact, the only negative thing I could say about this book going into it, if you're just kicking it off, is that it is not available in all markets. Uh, and that's why we have an alternate pick as well. Yes, our alternate pick is um, is the Temeraire series, or His Majesty's Dragon, which is the first book in the Temeraire series by Naomi Novik. Um, one, a series that I absolutely adore, especially the first couple of books. And um, I think people were really excited about this one. It's, it's very widely available. Uh, it's been out for a while. And uh, the Temeraire series is also uh, an alt-history, um, but it's more, not alt-history, it's, um, I guess it is alt-history. Is it yeah. all history or just imagined history? I mean, is it is it England and <laughs> it is. Okay. It it's is. actually more it's actually technically more alt history than the natural history of dragons, which doesn't have yes. England in it. It just feels like England. This yeah. so Temeraire is taking place on Earth, but on Earth with dragons. Correct. Um so it, it's going through like uh so the the main character is uh Captain Lawrence and he's a member of the British Royal Navy, um, and they're fighting against Napoleon. Um and basically, the they have dragons. Um, the British Royal Navy has dragons. Actually, everyone has dragons. And uh, the dragons fight with the people in the war 
as like they ride them, but they're also warriors in their own right. Um, and the story is really about Temeraire and uh, Captain William Lawrence's relationship and them growing up, you know, into this. Well, I mean, they're already adults, but the dragon's a baby when he hatches from his egg and he kind of imprints on, on William. And so it's, it's, it's a great book. That was a terrible explanation. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry. It's well, been a while since I read it, so I'm trying to like reframe it in my mind. No, I, I get it. It's 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 battles with dragons and imprints. Awesome battles with so you dragons. You got a little Anne McCaffrey in there. You got a little uh, Song of Ice and Fire in there. Uh, but it's a little more like the dragons are more pernish. I yeah. guess, you know, okay. they, the, the way they communicate with their riders. And so if you're a fan of the Pern novels. We've had um, a lot of dragons in this year because we, yeah, we did Anne McCaffrey and now we're doing two dragon books in December. That's true. That's true. Nothing uh, wrong with a dragon like, a year. like dragons. Uh, yeah. So uh, that is our alt pick. So if whether or not you have already finished a natural history of dragons and want to read another book, or if you um, are not able to pick up a natural history of dragons, or if maybe you just really feel strongly that it's not for you, uh, people are heavily discussing the Temeraire novels already over in the forums on Goodreads. I'm going to try to read it afterwards. Like once I'm done yeah. with the natural history of dragons, then I'm going to like switch into Naomi Novik. Uh, but man, I've got so many things I want to, oh, I've got Ian Tregellis still to read. I've got Scott Lynch still to read and there's more good books keep coming out. I know, Stop I just writing got, all the books. I just got the new there's Daniel There's the Bobby Dollar one I want to read. I just got the, um, the, um, the new Daniel Suarez book. Uh, oh, I've got yet. that too. Influx. You got Influx. Yeah, that just, I just got that sent to me. Yeah, so because Daniel's awesome. Daniel is awesome, and I'm really excited to read this one. But I also want to read Hatching Twitter, because um, <laughs> my friend Nick wrote it, and he actually thanked me in the acknowledgments. Oh, that was nice. uh, so I want to. I feel like I really need yeah, to read it, right? Because <laughs> otherwise, I feel kind of like a jerk. Um, but I'm I'm excited for all the books coming out. I'm glad I'm done, so I can actually have some like free reading time. Yeah, like who knows? Anything's possible. Read all the books. All of the books. Let's bury your sword. Um, yeah, we have an email, a lovely email from Paul. Um, it's kind of long, but I think it's worth reading. He says, okay. Tom and Veronica, I've been listening to the podcast for a few months now, and I'm really enjoying it. I've backfilled a good number of the past episode and watched most of the video shows. I listen to a fair number of podcasts, but Sword and Laser always skips to the front of the queue. Oh, thank you. I really like that it's both relaxed and professional at the same time. The quick burns are excellent. The show lengths are about right. I wouldn't mind if the frequency of episodes was a little higher. Hey, I think we, we're doing weekly. I yeah. think that's pretty good at this point. Also, thanks for keeping the language clean. Um, <laughs> the amount of swearing in many podcasts makes me uncomfortable with sharing them with my daughters. Yeah. This is especially lossy when the content would be interested, interesting to them. Um, I am aware that the schoolyard is full of colorful speech, but I'm trying to promote a more varied vocabulary. Um, I haven't been able to follow along with any of the book club reads. Uh, the queue is already too long and getting longer. Curses, sword and laser. Nah. But I'm still enjoying listening to you talk about the books. Oh, good. Originally, I hated the theme music, <gasps> but it's growing on me a little. Okay. Thanks, or curses, for the heads up on the information about non-attending member benefits of Worldcon. More things to read. Yeah. I don't understand you. Sword and, I don't understand you. Sword and Laser was not in the running for a Hugo <laughs> this year. Is it not eligible for some reason? Thanks for the wonderful podcast, Paul. Oh, thank you, Paul. That's very nice. That's a very nice email. Are we not eligible? No, we're eligible. In fact, uh, Adam Whitehead from the Word Zone nominated us, but we just didn't make it. Oh, oh, maybe next year. Yeah. You're going to campaign. Know make it. Now I'm sad. Well, because we always go to Dragon Con instead of World Con. So, you know, you don't get the FaceTime with mm. the voters. Got to get out there and shake hands, kiss babies. Well, thanks, Adam, for nominating us anyway. That's yeah, awesome. no, that was really nice. I'm glad he did that. 
Um, we also got a voicemail from Chris from Maine. Let's give it a listen. Hey, Tom and Veronica. This is Chris from Maine. I just want to let you guys know that I'm a big fan of the show. And uh, you guys had mentioned uh, a little while ago about making a uh, flipboard magazine of all the quick burns. Uh, I think you guys should pick that up. It would make my flipboard app a lot more appetizing. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I, I still want to do that Flipboard magazine thing. I have to figure out how to do it, actually. You know, we were talking, I think it was on Tech News Today, about Flipboard and how it's like the Harry Potter of 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 the world, right? Like you can put videos in Flipboard now. Oh, uh, you can? It, yeah, and it's it's like a Harry Potter news magazine because you can, you can have the stories moving in front of you. It's pretty crazy. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll, I'll work on that. I, I, I just got a iPad mini from Ryan, his used one. Uh-huh. So maybe it's time that I figure that out. Can you, can you do stuff on the web for it? Like, can you build it on the web and then it publishes to Flipboard? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how that works. I've never tried to publish that. anything on Flipboard. I don't understand technology. So me either anymore. Hard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you, Chris. I'll, I will look into that once again. Um, wrapping up, uh, we, as we mentioned, we are part of the Boing Boing Podcast Network, and there are lots of fabulous shows over at boingboing.net slash category slash podcast. That's where everything lives. And if you want to check out a great one, uh, Mark Fraunfelder, of course, from Boing Boing, um, has the Happy Mutants podcast, and it's the very first episode. And they interview the creators of the Firefly Vaporizer. This is really neat. So Mark Williams and Sasha uh, Robinson are the designers of this like instant-on lithium-ion battery vaporizer vaporizer and uh, it's a really like as they say it's a it's a pretty cool piece of technology plus um, it's called firefly not that it has anything to do with the show firefly but right that just always warms my heart nice and if you want to buy one they actually have a code you can use the code boing boing 13 to get 10 percent off your order of that uh, vaporizer until so. december 31st yes but go listen to the podcast subscribe on itunes download the episode support the friends Support our friends. And hey, if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com. And our phone number is 415-7-SWORD-6. Oh, and hey, by the way, if you're going to be around the Bay Area on January 20th, we are having a meetup at uh, Borderlands. I'll be there in person. So me and Tom will be there. Hopefully we'll get an author to come uh, hang out. And we're also going to read some story selections from the anthology. Details on Goodreads and SwordandLaser.com. Also, Scott Johnson from Frog Pants says, tell Veronica she says robot wrong. Robot. Robot arms. Robot arms. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Good. It's like you're there. 